seconds from game seven or from championship number six. Jordan, open, Chicago with the lead! Remaining. And they're putting Curry in the pick and roll trying to get him on Irving. Irving and Curry, one-on-one, -on -one. Irving puts it up, it's good, Kyrie Irving from downtown! We're sending it in, Jerome, that's for damn sure. Yes, 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 what is up everybody, welcome to Taproom Sports Podcast, I'm your host Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks, lads, joined with my guy, Mr. Aaron Kidd, live from Lynchburg, Virginia, late at night, almost 11.30, what's up AK, how are you doing tonight? Jordan, I'm doing great, man. I uh, as always, it's great to be on with you, and I know you're sweating out this Mariners game, and I'm sweating it out with you. So, hoping the Mariners can uh, pull a pull a win off for you, and hoping I can get this uh, over seven and a half. Glad I've laid off the under. I was thinking the opposite earlier in the day, but glad I. Yeah, I mean it was it was wild that uh, McClan McClanahan really struggled, man, and. It it's very unmclanahan like but I feel like he was due for a little bit of regression here at some point. So it wasn't um, – it was crazy to see, but not too crazy. Man, excited for our show tonight. It's been a horrible three days for me. I've had, like, probably my worst three-day run of MLB ever, dude. So it is what it is. That's how it goes. We talk about it all the time, the ups and downs, and you kind of just got to stay with it and grind it out, I guess. And – you know, you have you have really hot heaters and you have really cold streaks and it is well we're gonna bounce back, AK, that's what I mean. Um but man, we're gonna we have a lot to talk about. I do have to mention we are being brought to you by Tavour. Make sure to go to Tavour.com or download the Tavour app straight to your mobile device. Use promo code Taproom for ten dollars off your first purchase of twenty five dollars or more. That's craft beer delivered straight to your front door. You don't even have to leave your seat. What a noble concept. That being said, AK, I uh, texted you earlier, and a lot of things have got my gears turning this this week. My main question that I've been asking myself, and you know, I asked Irv and Ben this on Sunday, but I wanted to talk about it with you is who's the most disappointing Major League Baseball team this year? Is it the the Cardinals, the Padres, or the Mets? Or another team. But I think those are probably the three teams that everyone is probably most disappointed in. Which one to you is the most disappointing? If you're in the chat, let us know what your most disappointing team uh, this Major League Baseball season has been so far. Well, it's definitely three teams that you never thought uh, you'd be mentioning that we're talking about before the All-Star break of the three most disappointing teams. Uh, I know my wallet feels a little lighter uh, after the Cardinals season. That's been going on. Uh, it's really high on them coming into the year. You know, I think they're, I, I, I think they're missing uh, something. I don't know if the clubhouse needs a reset or, um, you know, if they're missing Molina that much or, or what it is. But um, Cardinals definitely feel that. But I, I actually, Jordan, I think I got to go with the Padres. And, and the reason why I say the Padres is because when you look at that top of that lineup, man, you, you would think you're looking at a All Star team. You know, yep. um, and they just can't seem to put it together. And I will say, though, something that's really happened with the Padres earlier on in the season, they were a top five bullpen, you know, for like the first two months of the season. 
and now their bullpen has really started letting them down. And so the kind of the one thing they had still going for them, you know, they could stick around in games and, and be there at the end. You know, you had a, you know, solid bullpen to back you up, kind of like a backbone. They've kind of fallen off, man. And, and they just don't play winning baseball. You know, you watch the game today and you got Grisham running across, you know, half the field, like he's running track and field. And I think he runs into Soto and uh, that gives up the first run, eventually gives up the first run and, you know, ended up proving to be the, the, what would, you know, turn out to be a game changing play. So um, a little long winded answer to your question, but I, I figured the Mets weren't going to be as great as everyone else, uh, you know, expected them to be. I talked to a lot of people about that before the season. So I'm not surprised about the Mets at all. Um, Verlander, Schwarzer, they're both getting older, you know, they're not healthy. <clears throat> the bottom half of that lineup just isn't very good. Yeah. But um, to answer your question, I've got to go with the Padres, my man. I, I didn't even mention the Mets, dude. I forgot to mention the Mets. Oh, um, they were just in the back of my head, but yes. No, you're right, dude. That's a because I mean the Mets. If you think about it, they have like 350 million dollar payroll, and they're in fourth place in their division, which is or third place in their division. Is it third or fourth right now? Uh, the Mets are yeah fourth. They're the uh, the Marlins. Uh, oh, yeah, well, the of course, everybody knows the Braves, Marlins, and the Phillies. Yeah. So I mean, dude, that's like an atrocious. But I agree in the sense of the. Padres, this is, a, this is the thing, is like, uh, when we did our preview shows be, in the beginning of the year, um, you know, the West, NL West and the NL Central were basically like all consensus Padres Cardinals. Which teams are going to win this division? Everybody was on the Cardinals. And I mean, the Cardinals were, only, they were like plus 150 favorites to win the division. I mean, that's how heavy favorites they were. Oh, the no, the Cardinals, before, right before first pitch of the first game, was minus 130 to win the division. I mean, dude, that is massively <laughs> disappointing. And then the Padres, on the other hand, you're right. Like, the, the top of that lineup is incredible. They had a good postseason run last year. So you would think that they're going to, like, carry this over um, and and you get Fernando Tatis back in May and, you know, things are going to uh, turn around. Hasn't been that way, but... To, to your point with the bullpen, the Padres' bullpen has actually been pretty good in this uh, in the month of June, dude. They're third in, w, in uh, WRC Plus against in the month of June. So You just look at like today and like just what happened today. Just a couple bone-hitted plays, man, that, that you just don't – they just don't play winning baseball. Um, and I know everyone – I know in our group text, uh, you know, me, you, and Irv and – um, you know, I think he kept saying that, you know, he was expecting a Padres uptick. Well, I'm part of a couple group texts and everyone was saying that, you know, yep. okay, Padres are going to start reeling off, you know, 10 of 13 or, or whatever have you, 11 of 15. And I kind of fell into that trap a couple of weeks ago where I'm like, okay, you know, there's no way the Giants sweep the Padres, you know, or there's no way this, you know, that goes back to just handicapping one-on-one, man. You can't go off of narratives. You know, you can't go off of the eye test all the time. You kind of just have to take things for face value, and uh, the Padres just aren't very good right now. I agree, but if you have a like a power rating system and you have this team rated high in the beginning of the year and they haven't been meeting that, like you're expecting that regression to at least meet halfway. It just hasn't met, but the biggest issue for the Padres this year has been their offense. Like their offense has been terrible. And you look at their lineup – Juan Soto, 153 WRC+. Plus. Fernando Tatis, 135. Uh, 
But then after that, Bogarts, 108. Gary Sanchez, 106. Rugnet Odor, 198. Below league average. Manny Machado, 90. I mean, this lineup outside of like three guys has been absolute dog shit. And it includes big money players like Manny Machado and Xander Bogart. Xander Bogart started the year off great, but he's only gone down since. They're the worst team with runners in scoring position this entire season. They're batting under 200 with runners in scoring position with a lineup like this. And it's funny because uh, Ben and Irv were texting me today during the Padres game, and they were like, the Padres need a new bullpen, or they need a bullpen arm or two. I said, bro, the Padres need bats more than they need anything else. It has nothing to do with their with their uh, with their pitching. You can't keep relying on this on these pitching staffs to, you know, only pitch two run games. It's tough to win eighty one run games, winning three to two or four to two. Right? You got to be able to score runs, and they can't do that. That's the problem with them, AK. And that's why they're the biggest disappointment is because if you told me in the beginning of the year their bullpen would be as good as they've been all year and you'd have Blake Snell, arguably a Cy Young candidate, he's really turned it on here. Michael Waka has been f- great this year. I mean, you tell me these things and you show me Michael Waka's numbers, I'm like, dude, Padres are winning 95 games. It's the complete opposite of that. They should have kept Jerryson Profar. He's playing great in Colorado. Yes, he is. You know what I mean? And it's like they've made bad decisions. They should have kept Brandon Drury. They should have kept Josh. I know Josh Bell isn't playing that well, but, I mean, he's still better than anybody else on that team. I I just – it's crazy. And you go to look back, and it's like, you know, they offered Aaron Judge, what was it, like $300 or whatever it was, or $400 I forget how much. They offered him a lot of money. They offered – who else did they offer? Trey Turner. And everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, they should have gone out and got pitchers. No, dude, they needed those two guys. <laughs> like, they needed them. I mean, obviously. Here's a crazy Trey. comparison for you, Jordan. This will probably blow a lot of people's minds. The Padres are sitting at 37 and 45 with a plus 17 run differential. For comparison's sake, the Pittsburgh Pirates are sitting at 39 and 42, two win better record, and they're at minus 31 run differential. So at some point, you expect that to kind of what you said, call it regression call it balancing of the tides, whatever you call it, we'll call it, but it feels like that does balance out at some point. Maybe, maybe not. So let me ask you this. Let me get further in, into this. We got the trade deadline coming up in about a month. If you're the Padres, if you're uh, uh, Andrew Preller and you're sitting here like, man, this team fucking sucks. Got in my farms. <laughs> I've got in my farm system for this team. Do you do you think about trading Juan Soto, knowing that he's a free agent at the end of the year? You know, there's a lot of talk about that, man. And, and obviously, you got to see where you're at there. But I don't know, man. It'd just be tough. Obviously, it's tough to the potential to lose Juan at the end of the year and let him walk for nothing. You know, but at the end of the you know, at the trade deadline, or have you gotten closer to 500? You know, do you think you've got one of those, you know, 14 and five runs in you? You know, you really just got to sit there and think, man. And I don't know, you know, the, <laughs> talk about this. The Padres 
I, I read an article the other day. It says the designated hitter has stopped hitting, right? That's not true. Shohei Otani's things of that sort. But you look at this uh, Matt Carpenter, who, if you follow baseball for years, Matt Carpenter's been around. He's always been a reliable bat. Someone that can feels like you get up there and pinch hit an eighth inning for you, and you know he always delivers that hit that you need. The guy's batting one eighty this year. Yep. The addition of Gary Sanchez <clears throat> thought that would help. I, I, if anybody, I know I keep referencing the group text, but if anybody could ever listen to our group text, they would probably just, you know, think it was the best thing they've ever read in, in their life. But um, <laughs> Gary Sanchez, I was very high on them picking him up. He comes out hot, starts swinging the bat well. But once again, they just can't put it together, man. And Matt Carpenter batting 180, you know, usually a reliable bat, kind of sums up where they're at. Um, but, hey, do you go out and get like a Jock Peterson? I, well, they're probably not going to get him because inside the division. But, you know, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I mean, I'm. I look at the standings here, and they're nine games back of of the wild card right now. They're of the. They're only three and a half back of the third wild. Or yeah, they're nine games back, dude, of the of the third wild card. So they gotta they gotta jump the Cubs, the Pirates, the Brewers, and the Phillies. So it's like it's not only do they have to play good ball, like they have they need other teams to like you know not play good ball. So basically, for them to get into the wild card, AK, they got to go on like a twenty game win streak. Yeah, like one of those like crazy like sixteen and four runs, you know, seventeen and three runs or something. You know, some names to look at at the deadline though. If the Cardinals are sellers, you probably have like a Tyler O'Neill. Um, you'll have like a uh, I'm sure the Rockies be willing to sell at the deadline, like a Randall Gritchick. You know, some of those guys, some of those guys can still hit, man. You know, if anybody follows me, I, I love the Rockies in spots this year. It's kind of been a running joke on this show, and and but they've they've paid off for me. But anyways, if you're looking for some bats, man, there's going to be some bats out there. So it's like, hey, we've gone this far. Do we just give it one last go? You know, or do we let Juan walk? You know, you got to really kind of feel out where he's at mentally, and you know, see a guy like Aaron Judge that'll stay home or but that's go the to thing the highest that. But that's that's the thing too is like they need to go out and make a trade today because I don't know if this team will be around around you know striking distance come July thirty first. So I think that's the most important part, and it's like the problem the problem with the adding the third wild card is that a lot of teams are now they think they're in contention whether they are or they're not. I mean, you look at the AL too. You got Toronto a half game back of the third wild card. You have the Angels one and a half back of the third wild card. You have the Red Sox four and a half back. Cleveland five and a half back. Seattle five and a half back. Uh, and then after that, you got the White Sox, Detroit, Kansas City, and Oakland, basically bottom dwellers. Now, the White Sox are the most in- intriguing team because they have a lot of talent. You know, do they become sellers? Obviously, they'll they'll definitely probably trade Lance Lynn and, and Lucas, Tim Anderson, and Tim Anderson, and Lucas Giolito. But do they consider actually shopping uh, Lou Bob or Eloy Jimenez or Jake Berger or or Dylan Cease for that matter, guys that are under arbitration for a while because they can get hauls for those guys, and that's another team. The White Sox, you know, they diminished their farm system not not because they traded guys, but because they called everybody up from that Chris Sale trade, right? Yoan Mankata, uh, Michael Kopech, and, and, and company. Look who the Reds got for Tyler Molly last year. Who did they get? <laughs> I mean, uh, they got uh, Spencer Steer. Who else? Uh, Ellie De La Cruz. Oh, they got De La Cruz for – I didn't know he was in there. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, just a massive haul, man. I uh, I actually I'll take a second to look this up because it was huge. I was looking at I was looking at this up the other day. It was Spencer Steer, and I'm pretty sure Ellie was in that haul. But neither. Oh no, I'm sorry. It wasn't Ellie. It was uh, Christian Incarcion Strand, who's uh, who's going to be another great player for that Reds team. Um, he's he's there. He's probably one of the best prospects in AAA right now. Um, so they got him and Spencer Steer. Uh, which is huge. I mean, look at what Spencer Steer's doing right now. It's probably going to be an all-star. Yep. I mean, look what that Reds team is doing. So you trade Tyler Molly, which what has he done? I mean, he's he hurt. hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's out for the year. You know, what's funny is uh, the Twins made a couple trades last year that I think they're probably scratching their head and regretting. You know, they traded uh, Yenier Cano for, for Jorge <laughs> Lopez. <laughs> and they're probably looking back like, oh, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have done that. Uh, and they traded Danny Coulomb as well. I mean, and it's it's uh, quite interesting what Minnesota is doing up there. But it's going to be a fascinating deadline. I I just I think people uh, a lot of people think like a lot. There's going to be a lot of movement. I just I don't think that's true because a lot of teams are in contention, and it's like the bottom feeders where teams are way out of it, like the Royals and the A's. Like they have nothing to trade really. The A's probably the A's have the Royals will probably move Chapman. They already He's did. He's having a better year. They did. He already he got traded today to Texas Rangers. I missed that. Okay, well, there you go. <clears throat> yeah, the Rangers picked him up. The A's have Paul Blackburn. He might be the best starter available, to be honest, unless uh, the White Sox decide to part with Dylan Cease or the Padres decide to part with any of their starters. But, I mean, honestly, you know, you're a team like the Orioles, right? I hate to bring this up, mm-hmm. and, I, and I know Mike Eliash is not going to do this, and he shouldn't either. But you're a team like the Orioles, and, I mean, they've really struggled to hit in the last month, dude. They've really struggled, and they've come back to earth a little bit. Do you even consider trading for a guy like Juan Soto? Do you know what I mean? It just, I mean, I just think about how much you have to give up, man, and I feel like the Orioles have kind of built that team, you know, through natural attrition. Yeah, no, you know, there's no way they're going to do it, dude. <laughs> I'm yeah. just throwing it out there as, a, as like a uh, fantasy. Hey, I hate to bring it up. What about your boy Brent Rooker? You know? He's yeah, probably he, a guy that could get moved. He's an unproving commodity, though. Like, yeah. He had a good month, and he's kind of like really fallen back to earth. So it's like, yeah, he might get traded, but, I mean, you're not, you're not going to get much for him. You know what I mean? I think the same thing, like, I think there's a lot of guys like that on the trade block. That's the thing is like, you know, you look at all these teams in contention, AK, uh, like the Phillies. What do the Phillies need? They need starting pitching. Yeah. Right? That's tough to get because right now, who's going to be available? Paul Blackburn? He's probably going to yeah, be and I think I think somebody like a Lance Lynn could get moved. We all know Shane Bieber's getting moved. We've said that since the beginning of the season. But you really do you really think that? Because I mean, the Guardians are they're in first place in their division. Well, yeah, well, yeah. Once again, you're going to let a guy walk for for nothing. You know, I mean, I get both sides of it. You know, here's the thing: we want to play winning baseball. And we're in contention, but do we let guys walk that we know aren't coming back? You know. Yeah, but at the same time, like you still need to. Like you, you do that, and what is that telling your fan base? You know what I mean. Pittsburgh Pirates have done it for years. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> well, the Pittsburgh Pirates haven't been in contention like they are this year. And, and, and again, like, I say that, like, teams like the Orioles and the Reds, like, I don't think that they should go out and make crazy splash moves and, and gut their farm systems to maybe make a run this year because there, it might not be a possibility. And it's like, what happens in the long run when you don't bring, like, if they go trade for Juan Soto and the, and the Orioles don't re-sign him, you know, and you give up, like, a Heston Kerstad and a Grayson Rodriguez for him, and you lose both those guys, and then you lose Juan Soto. Like, that's why I know the Orioles aren't going to do that. Yep. But... You know, maybe there is a team out there, the Los Angeles Dodgers, maybe the Miami Marlins. Doesn't that feel like a Yankees move? It does, but I don't. But Brian Cashman, he's pretty. As much as people give him shit for, like he's pretty. He makes pretty marginal moves that make yep. sense financially. There's a reason why he's been in that position in that organization for that long. It's not an easy position to stay in. Or or even grow into, I should say. He gets a lot of leeway too. He does, you know, because a lot of times, like you know, you're a Yankees fan, dude. Yankees fan, you guys expect to win the World Series every year, regardless of who's on the team, dude. <laughs> yeah, me and you could be up there batting lead off and and clean up, and we'd be expecting to win the World Series. <laughs> yeah. you know? I can't tell you how many Yankees to win World Series tickets I've shredded up over the past seven years. Of- <laughs> That in baseball. <laughs> I have a lot of... Actually, I have one this year. I can't wait to shred that one up, actually. I have a lot of buddies that are Yankees fans, you included, and uh, <laughs> all they tell me every day is like, man, we, we're trotting out this fucking AAA lineup every day. Like, what the fuck are we doing, dude? And I'm like, hey, yo. you've seen it. I've, I've, I've done very well back in the Yankees in spots this year, but also done very well going the opposite way when it's time to. So not afraid to fade them. We're talking about a league that teams lose 50, 60, 70 games, worst teams in the league. So, man, that sounds crazy. Just the fact that we do this every day. You got to be fucking insane to do this. You have got to be. I mean, it's a pretty special gift to have if you're able to do this every day. I don't know if I would call it a gift, dude. I would probably. And when I call, when I say a gift, it's like. When you were bad all year and you're, you know, you were nine and your parents gave literally gave you cold, but they wrapped it up in a present for you. So you had like the excitement of opening the present just to be like let down. <laughs> There's another run for you, AK. Four to three. Yep. Glad I didn't play the under. Whether 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 it goes over or under, I'm just glad I didn't. I started looking at it. And I'm like, man, this under is just keeps getting juiced and juiced and juiced, and it closed like under seven and a half for like plus money, like plus one hundred five, plus one hundred eight somewhere. I'm like, okay, kind of see how this game's going. I mean, who knew Bryce Miller was going to get hurt though? He was dealing, dude. Yes, he was. He was dealing. Um, Speaking of the Yankees, man, no hitter against your Oakland A's, the longest streak in MLB history. Yep, broken. Yeah, perfect game. Not only a no hitter, but uh. It's probably yeah. the worst perfect game in the history of MLB because no one really cares about it because Domingo Herman, A, he's the first pitcher in MLB history to give up seven or more runs in his previous start and pitch a no-hitter. And he didn't only do it in one start. He did it two starts in a row before that. He's also been ejected twice this year for sticky stuff. And he's a known woman beater. So I don't think it's really getting uh, celebrated too much. Yankees just got to get healthy, and I feel like I've just been saying that all year. And sorry to our listeners tonight. I know we're not handicapping a lot of games, but 
me and Jordan, we were, you know, we were kind of talking before the show. We said, man, let's, let's just talk about the baseball season. You know, we're getting close to the All Star break, and oh, as we should, let's just let's just chop it up. And uh, but, anyways, we're still talking about a Yankees team that's got a plus thirty nine run differential. They're still game, nine games over five hundred. Still finding ways to win games, man. But they had um, like AK. They had like a a ten run differential till the A series, dude. <laughs> well, you know. It all plays out just like we said earlier about the Padres. You always expect it to play out the way it should. So, um, but no, honestly, I, I think this Yankees team just finds ways to win ball games. But they've got to get uh, Judge back. They've got to get Harrison Bader to stay healthy. Man, he's such an X factor on that team. If you remember a couple weeks ago when he came back that first game, I was on the Yankees that next day, and one of my uh, handicaps, one of my angles was Harrison Bader's coming back. He's going to make a difference. And he did, you know, uh, we beat the Mariners. I think it was like three to one that game was Harrison Bader drives in the first two runs of the game, yep. you know, like a two run double. That That's what he does. He hits the ball. And so he's being missed more than people know. DJ LeMay, you've got to get right. They got to find a way to get something out of Josh Donaldson. And now got to worry about getting Anthony Rizzo back. Cause he's got a little hand injury going on now. So, um, yep. they've just, they've got to get healthy, man. Um, and and needs to happen rather sooner than later. Josh Donaldson, the craziest stat of the Major League Baseball season. Bro has like nine hits and seven of them are home runs this year. <laughs> that is insane, yeah. dude. Absolute insanity. Uh, yeah, I mean, I honestly the Yan- taking a stab at the Yankees fifteen to one to win the World Series. Like, I don't think it's a bad idea because you look at how the AL is like shaping out, like. There's a good possibility the Orioles might miss the playoffs. As much as I love my Orioles and my Orioles, I say, but uh, I, I <laughs> came in <that>, zone. <laughs> that team has a lot of flaws, dude. Like, and you're starting to see it now. Like they they can't hit very well, um, and like you're seeing teams like not even take Adley serious because he has no protection in the lineup. And, you know, Cedric Mullins getting hurt might have a lot to do with their offensive struggles. He hasn't really come back to form yet. But, man, dude, that team is just not good. And outside of Yenier Cano and Felix Bautista, the bullpen is absolutely atrocious, can't be trusted, and their starting pitching is all keep it real it's dog shit. Outside of Tyler Wells and Kyle Bradish. I mean, you never know what you're going to get in the rotation from night to night. How Gibson, man. Talk about being hot and cold, too. Yeah, but, I mean, his his numbers were, like, due for regression, dude. Like, he pitches to contact way too much. He doesn't get a lot of swings and misses. And that's cool if you're getting a lot of ground balls, but that's kind of the issue with Kyle – or not Kyle Bradish. That's kind of the issue with Dean Kramer, too, is, like, he gets a lot of fly ball out. So, if the weather, like it was tonight, was humid, ball's going to fly. It's going to carry out. And so it, it plays against him, and they got to go get a starter. But, you know, what's the cost of getting a starter? Might be too much. And then John Means. Yeah, when you, uh, you know, the, and, and here's the crazy thing is Baltimore's offense at the beginning of the year was raking. I mean, they were hitting the ball well. They were, you know, just winning ball games, finding ways to win ball games, coming from behind, you know. We're still talking about in the month of June. We're talking about they've been so, you know, 
batting 256. They have a 172 ISO and a 105 WRC plus right at league average. So, you know, they can find a way, man, to get an uptick going, get some starting pitching going on. We know they're <laughs> they have the, probably the two best relievers in the ball in the in baseball right now, or two of the better ones. Yep. Um so I'm still not sold on them not making the playoffs yet. I know that's kind of become like the trendy uh Twitter bet, if you will, but um still not sold on that. I still think they're a pretty good ball team. All good teams, all bad teams, everybody goes through slumps. It's just about how you pull yourself out of it and how you respond. Yeah, but I mean like you know, there's that saying that you're only as good as your next day starter, and that's the problem. Is other than Bradish and and Tyler Wells, like they're just throwing junk out there. You know, Kramer, Gibson, just not reliable, reliable starters at all. <clears throat> and that's that's my concern, and they definitely gotta go get a starter, bro. They have to. Yeah, uh, yeah, they've got to get starting pitching and maybe get another bat in the middle of that lineup, like a six hole. You know, somebody like a Harrison Bader when he's healthy for the Yankees, like in that six hole, he's it's huge. Or just you know, call up Colton Kowser, who's raking in AAA, who's one of the yeah, top you, prospects in baseball. You've been like calling for that for months and. They just haven't done it yet. They call I for Jordan just, Westberg too, and he gets called up, and yeah. he's fucking raking, dude. It's like, what? Why did we wait this long? What was the reason? So, so everybody knows me and Brian Power have a nineteen to one ticket on the Ritz to win the NL Central. Um, and you know, a lot of good sharp people are saying basically what's going on with the Orioles right now is going to happen to the Reds at some point. It you know, they're will. young team, young young teams that don't necessarily have great start in pitching. They find ways to go through slumps harder than they're harder than other teams. Um, you know, it's the young factor, they call it, you know, they haven't been through us 162 baseball season blah, you know, et cetera, et cetera, which is all great stuff. But look at what the diamondbacks are doing, man. And I know the diamondbacks last year and the year before perfect example last year with the diamondbacks diamondbacks. If you remember, started off very hot, they, and they and they kind of tapered off down the end. But they had a couple of injuries come around. They weren't playing Corbin Carroll every day. You know, a lot of things played into that. I don't see that happening with the Reds or the Orioles this year. I still think they're both very good baseball teams. Um, and, and I'm going to be honest, I'm, I'm very glad to be holding a 19-1 Reds ticket, mostly because that division is terrible. It's just complete dog shit. Yeah. And – they're going to get their pitching back. They're going to get Lodolo back. They're going to get Hunter Green back. Hunter Green's supposed to be back for the All-Star breaks. Break, so has Ben Lively. So um, they can get some pitching back, man. Ashcraft seems to be getting healthier and, and pitching better. Um, it's not a bad lineup, man, with uh, Lodolo, Green, Ashcraft, Lively, and I, even somebody like a Weaver. I, I, I mean, I do agree that, like, at some point they're – like Matt McClain and Spencer Steer, like – they have to get figured out. Major League Baseball teams do it. But at the same time, it's like the difference between the Reds and the Orioles is that the Orioles are holding back their top prospects. Like, they just called up Jordan Westberg. Adley was up in the league last year. Gunnar Henderson got called up last year, right? And then Gunnar went through, like, a little slump to start the year, and then they started, like, sitting him against lefties and didn't really let him work himself through it. And now they're finally, like, 
he's he's raking and they're finally like, okay, like we're gonna let him play through any slumps he has. And then they finally call Jordan Westberg. Like this is things they should have done. Like that's what the Reds are good because they have good top prospects and they're all getting called up to the major leagues. Why isn't Mike Elias doing that with the Orioles? It doesn't make any sense. Like you're you're sitting here and telling me that Colton Kowser isn't a fucking better option in the outfield than Aaron Hicks. You know what I mean? And like Ryan O'Hearn, cool story, dude. He came up, he was raking for like three weeks. Now he's not. You know what I mean? Like he is literally a jag. Yeah, just another guy in Major League Baseball. You know what I mean? Like he's he's a dude that's like a 30-year-old rookie for a reason. So why what what's the point of holding your top prospects back? Like I just don't understand that. I don't see it. I don't see any reason for it. It's working with the Reds. The Orioles have more top prospects, top 100 prospects according to MLB.com, baseballamerica.com than anybody else. Get these kids up. Let them play, dude. If you make a run, you make a run. If you don't, you don't. You know what I mean? Well, but let them play. To your point, if you let them play, man, everybody always talks about experience. Well, how else are you going to get experience? Getting experience to AAA only elevates you to a certain, a certain point. high, a certain a ceiling, if you will. Then it's time to take it to the next step. And you don't know if you're going to take it to the next step unless you're in the show. Yep. We can sit here and talk about it all day long. And maybe it doesn't happen. Maybe it doesn't work. You know, so I was Corbin Carroll last year. I wanted him to play 140 games last year, but he didn't. Yep. You know, and, and I guess it worked out for the Diamondbacks. Look where they're at now. But I agree, man. It, it drives me loony. Um, I kept waiting for the Rids to call up Ellie Daly Cruz. You know, yep. they should what if they would have called him up a month earlier? Yeah, I mean he 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 drove a spark into that lineup for sure, dude. And and the and I talked about it on this show, and I talked about spaces, talked about it a lot. But Spencer Steer, and Matt McLean, also uh, parts of that backbone too. Man, those are young guys that are Spencer Steer is really hitting the ball right now. Yeah, he's he's. I mean, like I said, he's probably he probably should be an all star this year for sure. It's just it, baseball is a uh, fascinating dude, and like I sit here and I'm like trying to tell Mike Elias what he should do for his job. Like, he hasn't won a World Series as a GM or anything. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it, I just uh, – it's just mind-boggling to me, dude. Because, like, he's sitting there watching his team every day struggle. Like, not struggle every day, but, I mean, he's watching them the last, like, two weeks. And that's why he called up Jordan Westberg, right? He's watching them like we are, and I'm just sitting here. I'm like, dude, like, you got these kids in fucking AAA just fucking raking, dude. Like, fucking call them up, dude. Like, why do you keep throwing Jorge Mateo and fucking uh, Ramon Urias out there every day? Like, dude, those dudes are n- not that good. They're Jags. And I, I wanted, dude, the A's traded for Jorge Mateo, right, in the in the, the Sunny Gray trade. I wanted Jorge Mateo to be great. Great athlete, elite speed. But the dude can't get on base. And what good is your speed if you can't get on base? It's useless. It's like Billy Hamilton all over again. You know what I mean? Like, Jorge Mateo at this point in his career should just be a pinch runner. Like, he should be a utility guy <laughs> that's out there to, like, maybe give a guy a day off every week or so and, and just be a pinch runner in, in serious time of need. But playing trotting that guy out and shortstop every day, I mean, it's just... Mike Elias, what the fuck are you doing? Anyways, should we get to some games real quick? Yeah, man. I uh, let's do it. 
we'll give we'll give the we'll give the viewers the speed run to the or before we get to that, should we talk some futures, some World Series futures? Yeah, sure. All right. <clears throat> so before I, before we get into the futures, in your opinion, who's the best team in Major League Baseball right now? Man, <laughs> if you ask me that question right now, it's hard not to say the Atlanta Braves. Um, they're playing very good baseball. When you talk about hitting the ball, man, you, you got a team June this month of June, June first to June thirtieth, one hundred forty four WRC plus raking. Um, batting well over three hundred. Got an ISO of two forty nine. Man, um, they just find ways to win ball games. That lineup. You know, uh, trying to remember, I guess it was week four last. I was on them against the Phillies in a game that a lot of people was on the Phillies. If you remember me and you kind of talked about this game before, and, you know, we always joke about the whole world's on the other team, right? Yep. And everybody was on the Phillies. I played the Braves this day, and uh, the Braves couldn't hit the ball. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Of course, I never bet the Braves ever, ever in my life, ever. And I finally bet the Braves one day, and I'm going to lose this game one to nothing or, or, you know, two to nothing. Just felt like it was going to be one of those games. We ended up going to extras and just, you know, thanks to Kyle Schwarber for dropping a routine fly ball. Yeah. And and then they just punished them after that. My point of all that is, man, that watching every second of that game just made me realize that this team does not quit. You know, they could have easily packed it in. Oh, you know, let's get out of Philly today and we'll lose one to nothing and move on with our life. Nope, that team does not quit. Um, you know, I feel like the Dodgers are always there, you know, and I know everybody talks about the Dodgers having a down year. Their bullpen's trash. Bullpen's actually been pitching a lot better if you've been, for people that have been actually paying attention. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I got to say the Atlanta Braves right now, and I know the Tampa Bay Braves, there's an argument for them. There's an argument for a lot of teams. But just to answer your question uh, with the answer, Jordan, Atlanta Braves. Yeah, it's the Braves, and it's by a long fucking margin. They have 12 guys on their roster over 100 WRC+. plus. That's, that's nuts, dude. We're, the Padres have four guys. I like The Braves have 12. That's the difference. Like, the Braves are just, they're so deep, dude. Like, Ronald Acuna Jr. is the MLB, I mean, the Major League Baseball, I mean, not, I'm sorry, the MVP. I mean, there's, it would take him missing the entire rest of the season for him not to win MVP at this point. I don't even know what his odds are. It's probably minus 225, though. Has to. Yeah, it was minus 190 last week when I looked. Yeah, it's insane. Sean Murphy, absolutely fucking raking, dude. Matt Olson, you know, the funny thing is, is like, there's no, there's no, like, batters off in this lineup if you're a pitcher, dude. It's like every guy can fucking yep. hit hit a home run at any point, dude. So it's like you have to, like, treat it as such. And I think that's so dangerous, dude. This team reminds me of that Cardinals team back in the day that had, like, Scott Rowland, uh, Albert Pujols, uh, Larry Walker, like, all those Hall of Famers, dude. Like that lineup that was just riddled with Hall of Famers. That's what that's what the Braves re- remind me of this year. And the only thing that's going to stop the Braves is whether their starting pitching can sustain itself. Because Max Fried's hurt, Kyle Wright's hurt. They're getting unbelievable production from Bryce Felder or Bryce Elder. Um, and they're, you know, I hate to say like 
luck because I mean it, it might not be luck, but it like these are like dudes that aren't great starting pitchers. They're just kind of out there and they're they're pitching well. You know, Uncle Charlie's still doing his thing at fucking forty. You know what I mean? Like, can the starting pitching sustain itself? That's my only question for betting the Braves, and they're you know basically plus three sixty, plus three fifty shopping around. There's obviously no value in that. There's a four to one out there on Caesars. I don't even think there's the value best. value on that because when it comes to the and my same thing with the Rays, dude, is the Rays starting pitching sustainable with given the fact that Drew Rasmussen might not come back this year, Jeffrey Springs we know is out for the year, you know. I just oh and the pod or the Rays just tied it. Yep. Just my luck, man. Um, I, uh, Jordan, just for the sake of throwing out a dark horse like I love to always do. <clears throat> There's some value on, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but the fact that you can still get the Phillies some places plus 4,000. Uh, we saw what the Phillies did last year in the playoffs. They've quietly uh, started winning some ball games, quietly put themselves in you know position. <clears throat> we talked about it earlier. That NL East, now I know you're high on the Marlins, and that's that's great. But you're talking about a Phillies team that's now, you know, crept up five games over 500, uh, six and four over the last ten. They've started winning some ball games again, man. Um, and I don't know. I mean, the fact that you can get the Phillies plus four thousand from the simple fact of a value standpoint is some value there. I agree with that. My only concern about the Phillies is that. I just don't know if they'll have the starting pitching to really sustain itself. And they obviously well, they don't have Zach the, Wheeler just hasn't been the Zach Wheeler, the dominant Zach Wheeler that I'm used to. Or Aaron this Nola. year. Nola hasn't. Walker is inconsistent. Um but Andrew Suarez has been nice. He's bounced back yeah. since I mean, but when you you know, normally when you talk about those four guys in a you know, four out of five starting starting rotation. Usually that's a pretty good start in rotation. So you do expect all those guys to halfway figure it out. I mean, look what they did in the playoffs last year. Just yeah, kind of fooled everybody. Kind of well, I mean, they, they were boozled everybody. They were raking in the playoffs last year. Let's be real. They were they were killing. They were just hitting everything and then and then their pitching kind of like tailed off because they got tired. You could tell they got tired too. Like Zach Wheeler even had to miss a start in the World Series because he had arm fatigue. And it was at that point I was like, man, they have no chance of beating the Astros. It's over. Um, I mean, that's not I a bad have play, a future, And I think you do too, Jordan, but so I'm sorry if I'm speaking for you, but on the Blue Jays, <clears throat> about about plus 1,800 uh, is where, where I'm sitting around. Yep, me too. So, you know, I, I – that team is so inconsistent, man, and I don't even want to talk about that team right now. I've been so frustrated with that team, but I still think if they can get – you talk about somebody that needs some relief pitching, they need some relief pitching, and they need a bat. You know, somebody at that, you know, seventh spot that can really <clears throat> clean some things up for them because, my God, can they not hit with runners in scoring position. Haven't been able to for two and a half years. I feel like we've been talking about that for, you know, years now. Yeah. Um, no, it's. I mean, you're right, AK. That's how it's been. That's a. That's the Blue Jays' problem, and you know they really need Vlad to heat up. They need Vlad to be Vlad. If Vlad isn't Vlad, I think 
I don't think there's anything you can do to fix that team, unfortunately, because he was such a big part of what made them good. And, like, he hasn't been as, as good as he was two years ago, let alone last year, you know, where he wasn't as good as two years ago. So, I mean, we'll see, though. And they need some help down in that 6-7 spot, too, you know. I would have never thought that Dalton Varsha would be struggling to bet 200 before the season. You know, I thought he was a guy that was kind of, you know, got traded and and here we go, you know, got a fresh team, got a lot of expectations for that team. Thought he would definitely step up and play better than what he's betting to. And, you know, even George Springer, man, you know, he's still inconsistent this year. I feel like Just he's always whole hurt, team's dude. inconsistent. He's always hurt, yeah. And then – uh that would be a team, though, that I'd look to maybe be a buyer at the trade deadline that we haven't talked about. Absolutely. You know, I could see – God, I could see somebody like a Lance Lynn going to them. Imagine Dylan Cease going to that Blue Jays team, Jordan. That would be – I mean, that would be – especially with Manoa's. I mean, who knows when he's going to come back or if he's going to come back this year. Who knows? So What a story, man. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Like, like it was funny when we were, like, all making money on fading him at the beginning of the season, but now it's just kind of become, like – Sad. Sad, if you will, yeah. Bro, he was so good last year, and then it's like he just couldn't figure it out this year. And, like, you know, we joked about him being overweight might be an issue and stuff. And, like, at this point, it might be mental. Remember uh, Ricky and Keel? That's right, yep. Bro, he might be going through a similar thing. And, like, at this point, I almost feel bad for him, dude. Like, I hope he figures it out. hope he gets down there and figures it out and bounces back because – Man, he was so good last year and uh dominant. You know, hopefully he gets back to that that same Manoa that we once seen, but been a wild year, man. And honestly, like the Blue Jays number hasn't even moved that much from what well, we got it out of eighteen to one. I mean, there's still some books that are still eighteen to one. There's some that are like twenty to one, twenty five to one. Really depends on on where you get them at. But I mean, dude, the Orioles are th- thirty to one, way behind them. You know what I mean? Not way behind, but behind them. So, I mean, it tells you what the market actually thinks about the Blue Jays. Like, Blue Jays should bounce back a little, positive regression. and That's kind of why I think the, the Orioles might be in trouble to make the playoffs because, you know, the, the Blue Jays have been struggling and they're not really taking full advantage of it. You know, they're only, what, five games, five or so games up on Toronto. They can continue sliding like this, and Toronto figures it out. Who knows what happens? Anyways, let's talk some baseball for tomorrow. Sorry, y'all. We we had to uh, get a lot off our chest, though. And talk some futures. Uh, Irv said Blue Jays are ass. We know. <laughs> yes, they are. We know, brother. We know. <clears throat> but they could figure it out, man. There's We still got half a season I, left, dude. Yep. And I think that's what people are for often forgetting. They go out and get a pitcher and uh, a bat, even like a, you know, I don't know, a Randall Gritchek or uh, you love Randall Gritchek. I just like the Rockies, man. I just think there's there's what about Jerickson Profar, hey, dude. Loved it, yep. and yeah, I know you're not high on him. I like CJ Crone. Uh, I like CJ Crone at home in Coors Field. Yep. If he has a hitter friendly park. He's nice, but he's hurt right now too, so he can't really get. He came back. He's back. Oh, he's back. Yep. Oh, nice. Is Chris Bryant back? (laughs) No, Chris. What a waste of money from the Rockies for that dude. Yep. That is unbelievable. 
unbelievable stuff with Chris Bryant. All right. Let's talk some Twins Orioles tomorrow. So obviously the Twins won eight to one today. <clears throat> Just uh you know, they scored nine runs in the entire week before today and scored eight runs today. Shocker, I know. That's what happens when you play the Orioles right now. Um tomorrow though, or today, depending on where you're at, if you're where AK's at, it's today. If you're where I'm at, it's tomorrow. Uh we got Bailey Ober on the mound. He's four and four. For the Twins, two nine seven ERA, one point oh two WHIP. Uh, he'll be opposing Kyle Bradish, who's four and three, three point seven five ERA, one point one nine WHIP. What's your early uh, take on this game here? Well, Jordan, I'll make it quick because I know we're way over on the show, but I'll be honest, I'm not high on that Twins team. Still haven't been. I know they're in first place in their division now, but that's not saying a whole lot. Um, Bradish is been pitching well for that team and, and at some point that team's going to figure it out again so I would definitely be hard pressed to fade the Orioles tomorrow yeah I think it's a good bounce back spot for him Kyle Bradish has been nice and honestly you know you look at his uh, slider this year I mean one of the best sliders in all of baseball and he's getting a lot of swings and misses on it also his curveball as well uh Kyle Bradish, that is. And, and honestly, the Twins are one of the worst slider-hitting teams in all of baseball, which is something to keep an eye on. So I do like the Orioles to bounce back here. Hopefully they don't wear their City Connect jerseys um, because every time they wear those, they fucking lose. But Kyle Bradish, on the other hand, just a, a little bit more on him, 3.75 ERA, 3.96 XFIP, so... His underlying numbers are pretty relative to his to his ERA. Um, he doesn't give up a lot of fly balls. Forty three percent ground ball rate, which is really good, um, and then twenty eight percent hard hit rate. So he doesn't give up a lot of a ton of hard contact, which I like. Um, so I, I like the Orioles to bounce back here tomorrow. AK. I think that it's a a good spot to back them. Especially after getting blown out like they did today and kind of embarrassed, dude, to be honest. Uh, hopefully they have a team meeting and figure stuff out. I think it's a great spot for the Orioles, man. The Orioles still one of the best teams in Major League Baseball, three overall after a loss, 20-10 uh, and 10 on the season after a loss. Minnesota Twins on the flip side of that, one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball after a win. Um, so when you're looking at a pure number standpoint, pure trend standpoint, definitely uh, – Definitely look like it's a spot for the Baltimore Orioles. Um, I think you can find that line somewhere around minus 140. Seems to be a consensus line, and I have a feeling that line may move overnight. So if you like the Orioles, I definitely suggest playing that right now. Agreed. I also fear, though, from a, from the flip side, is that uh, Johan Duran didn't pitch today. He, had, he hasn't pitched in like a week, which honestly could be a good thing, beneficial for the Orioles, because we saw with the Orioles, too. We talked about this before. Cano and uh, Bautista didn't pitch for like a week, and they fucking didn't look good, right? They had a little bit of rust. Same thing could happen for Duran, to be honest, but, you know, he will be available tomorrow, um, which is a little bit concerning, but I, I like that. I like them to bounce back. All right, Astros, Rangers. We got Hunter Brown, 6-4 and four on the year, 3.62 ERA, 1.2 whip. Going against Eovaldi, who's nine and three, two point eight two ERA, one one whip even. Uh, currently, Texas minus one thirty four, Houston 
plus 114. This is via FanDuel. Totals at eight. What do you think about uh, this line here? Uh, also, Texas lost tonight five to three. For those wondering, wonder if Chapman will be available you know, tomorrow. You know, everybody says the Rangers are. We've all been expecting regression for them, and it's said a little bit, man. You're talking about the teams four and six over the last ten now, um, but still in the month of June, 129 WRC plus as a team. Uh, I got that second best in Major League Baseball to the Atlanta Braves. Yep. You know, still still batting close to 300. Those bats are still going to – they're going to come alive, man. John Gray got knocked around a little bit tonight. Uh, I actually think this is a perfect spot for the Rangers, man, and a little letdown spot from the Astros, who on the flip side have been on an uptick, uh, you know, after they took that series against the Dodgers. Unfortunately, I was on the Dodgers Sunday night. Dodgers come all the way back tied up and uh, just to lose the Astros and extra. So, um, you know, I'd definitely be looking to – if I was playing this game, I'd definitely be looking at the favorite here as well. My my fear, my one thing for this AK is that like the Astros are sitting here, they're like four games back, and they're just like, you know, we take they're they're obviously the more experienced team. They're they've won World Series and stuff, and they're like, yo, we take this series and we're like right back in the division race, right? And I feel like they kind of played like that tonight. Also like the play they the way they've played the last week like they're really bouncing back and you know they are fighting dude they're not taking games for granted and they're really getting into it and Hunter Brown has been great in mm-hmm. this year three point six two ERA three point one three xFIP Eovaldi on the other hand like you know I was looking for regression it finally came two point eight two ERA three point four seven xFIP uh, three point six one Sierra He's given up 35% hard hard hit rate, which has gone only gone up in the last month. He's given up a lot of hard hard contact. I don't know, AK. I don't I don't love the Rangers in this spot. And Eovaldi's been worse at home than he has been on the road. And he's also worse against right-handed hitters than he is against lefties. And without Jordan, I mean the Astros are basically a whole right-handed hitting lineup outside of Kyle Tucker. Kind of like the Astros here. I'm okay. not. I'm not gonna lie. I just uh, this Rangers regression was due. It was. We all talked about it. We talked about it for. We well, we actually expected it sooner. Yeah. You know, we were kind of waiting around for it. Um. And then it finally came. You know, but hey, they, I still think they're a good baseball team. Uh, yeah. You know, I still Garcia is still hitting the ball really well, uh, and Evaldi, man, God, talk about a bounce back type of year for him. Oh yeah, he's been great. I also don't love the Astros bullpen either. Yeah, look what happened actually on that game that I was on the Dodgers Sunday night. The bullpen comes in and lets him get right back in the game. Yeah, his name's Rafael Montero. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> What a turkey tosser, man. My Lord. He was so good last year, too, which is, like, so mind-boggling this year, dude. Like, just a total opposite of last year. Um, But, yeah, I I do lean the Astros there. I do lean the Astros. Um, We were going to talk some more games, but I need to get AK out of here. It's hella late where he's at. So, let's just get to some best bets real quick, AK. Let's go, y'all! What do you like Jordan, I... uh... 
I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I, I really like, not that I would ever lay this, this is not a best bet, but as bad as we've talked about the Padres, as high as I am on the Rids, I do actually really like the spot for the Padres tomorrow, but obviously would never lay that kind of juice uh, or never give that out as a best bet ever in my life. But I will toss that out there that I, I, I think the spot is the Padres tomorrow. If they don't win that game, and that is a back against the wall. They know they got to win the game. <clears throat> and I think you're going to get a maximum focused effort from the Padres, which is half the problem. They need a focused effort. Um, They're but, only what? What are they sure. at right now? Minus 155? Yeah, and I, I'm not giving that out as my best bet. You know me with juice, but right. I, this is kind of at the top of my threshold, man. Uh, I know you like the Astros, and I hate being on the opposite side of you, but I really like the spot for the Rangers tomorrow. So Rangers, uh, I actually found it uh, at minus 131. So okay. that's what I'll give it out at. Minus 131, Rangers, money line, best bet. Well, I mean, I don't. I, I didn't get to the window with the Astros. I'm just saying I lean the Astros. Um, you already know where I'm going. Birdland, baby. Minus 130. Let's go. Lock that shit up. I completely agree with that as well. I think the Orioles take care of business tomorrow. We're back in we're back in Bradish. We always there's if if you are new to the show, there's one thing I do every single week. I back Kyle Bradish and I back Tyler Wells. And I will never, ever, ever bet against those two. Ever. I just have an affinity Jordan. for them. Can, can we just go ahead and say it, too? It's like almost like an auto-fire. Whoever loses this game between the Mariners and the Rays tonight, it almost just feels like we have to come back with whoever loses. Yeah, kind of. It also depends on, like, I feel like both bullpens are going to be taxed, so I feel like no matter who wins this game, we, like, take the over tomorrow. Yep, that's a perfect way to look at it. Probably first five under, total game over. <laughs> It just, it just feels like one of those games where Kirby just steps up and just, like, pitches a seven-inning master class, you know? We're talking about George Kirby again. I mean, the, the, it probably does because every time he has a bad outing, he, like, has a great outing in his next start. So you could be on to something. He was great last year at home. This year he's kind of been up and down at home. But he has, had, he's had, he has faced a lot of tough opponents at home this year. So, I mean, he might be on to something. It's just going to be crazy because, I mean, the – the Mariners had to burn through their bullpen because they lost Bryce Miller in the fourth inning, dude. So, like, now, you know, who knows what their bullpen's going to look like tomorrow. Matt Brash pitched two innings. Fucking got pitched an inning. Oh, it's... And the, and the Rays pitch a bullpen game every fucking third day. So, it's like, I don't understand so does how... The, so does the San Francisco Giants, it feels like. Yeah, I don't understand how either of those bullpens, like, their <laughs> arms are still attached, dude. It doesn't make They're any like sense trotting Sean Manaya out in like the second inning every day. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on around here? And it works, dude. Honestly, a great, great point, AK. Sorry to keep you a little bit, but these bullpen games, I think most of the time, like the market and the the average better is like, oh, they're throwing a bullpen game. I guess an automatic L. I actually think it's the opposite because the manager can mix and match inning to inning. Yep. You know what I mean? And it's like I've been learning that. This year, especially, like, it's almost like if you auto-bet a bullpen team, bullpen starting team, you basically win, like, I'd probably say, like, 60% of the time. I don't know the actual numbers, but it feels like that. And so here's the thing, Jordan. When we talk about handicap in baseball, we talk about, yes, there's more numbers 
and stats and, and, and trends that we can look at with baseball than any other sport, right? But here's the thing. you It's very hard to cap bullpens, right? We don't know exactly who they're going to trot out there and what position and what position they're going to be in to trot someone out. Perfect example. You never think uh, Mariner starting pitchers is going to get knocked out in the fourth inning today. But my point of that is when you try to handicap a bullpen game, you're handicapping the unknown and all unknown. You know, a lot of times bullpen games now, they've almost got like a starter – and a, uh, I don't even know what to call it, but like it's almost like a starter, like a starting quarterback and a running back, and both of them can run the ball. And you just don't know who's going to run the ball today. You know, nope. is it the quarterback or is it the running back? Is it Lamar Jackson or is it Gus Edwards, right? And so, like, they do this with Sean Manaya a lot, right? They start a uh, Walker and they'll bring Manaya out, like, in the second inning and pitch him to, like, the fifth or sixth, you know? So he's almost like a starting pitcher. So my point of that is it's very hard to handicap it because you're handicapping the unknown. Yeah. Absolutely, man. And you don't know who they're going to bring in inning to inning. Like, they're just going to mix and match. You know what I mean? So, you're right. It's very difficult. Keep that in mind, everybody. All right. Thank you all for hanging out with us. Sorry we uh, spent the show, majority of the show, talking uh, a lot of... uh, a lot of different stuff but i mean it was good it was good conversation man and it was conversation i need to be had and i hope everybody learned something from it and hopefully you carry this on for the rest of the baseball season uh ak and i will be back next friday we'll be back next wednesday before that we'll be breaking down the big 12 with ct bets as well um and then i'll be back sunday night with Irvin ben kind of recapping the week in major league baseball and going over uh, a lot of other stuff so make sure to tap into that we also have our NFL preview starting in a week or two, I think. Sorry, I don't have my schedule right in front of me, but uh, we got that coming up as well. So hang out with us, man. Tap in. Let's get some winners, man. For AK, follow him at AK Sports 90 on Twitter. AK Sports 90. Follow myself at Jordan Rules TSP. Follow Taproom Sports Podcast at Taproom underscore sports. Make sure to go to our YouTube, youtube.com slash at Taproom Sports Sports Podcast. Go to our Twitch, twitch.tv slash Taproom Sports. Get notified when we go live. AK, I appreciate you, brother. Jordan, appreciate you always, man. Uh, Look forward to having our our good friend Chris Thurston on with us on Wednesday. Talk some football, so let's get it. Yes, sir. I'm, I mean, I cannot wait for college football, AK. I'm ready. I'm so ready, dude. I'm so t- I'm so over baseball. Baseball is one of my favorite sports. I'm so tired of betting it, man. All right, y'all. It, we it love y'all. It probably is my favorite sport, but my God, I hate betting it. Yeah. Hey, everybody have a great weekend. Let's get this money. We'll catch y'all later. Peace.